Welcome, everybody. From all around the world. Welcome to this podcast. Escaping the entanglements of our lives. You got yours. And I've got mine. I'm your host. I'm Dolphus Q. I'm the originator and the creator of this podcast. Now, our lives, yours and mine, are easily entangled with things both real and imaginary. And these things, these entanglements, in a sense, can control us and can lead us astray. But I maintain freedom is possible. I maintain that we all can escape. And it is as simple as doing what Buddha did. (laughs) Do like the Buddha. Go sit under a yum-yum tree. Now, if you're following me, you know that this podcast is my attempt to escape (laughs) the major entanglements of my life. I'm succeeding and I'm having fun doing it. (laughs) Yes, my friends. We can... Be free. We can escape the entanglements within ourselves, within our minds. It is possible. But now, as the walrus said, the time has come for the reading of the word. Episode... Nine, chapter nine, the wisdom of the night rider. Continuation. Presently, I was free. I was far from Miami. I was in New Orleans, and I had not smoked any crack cocaine since I left Miami. On a sudden impulse, I ran a hand into my pocket and felt the folded bills and coins in change I had left from my purchases at the convenience store. I had some money left in my pockets. I laughed out loud like someone had told a joke. Some seated in the lobby scratched their eyes and raised their eyebrows at my certain outbursts of laughter, and some appeared not to regard it as weird, but as par for the course in the plasma center. I returned my eyes to the pages of the magazine. To me, the ability to maintain any money in my pocket meant I was on the right road to freedom. 
I closed the magazine and thought about that GR check and food stamps the Night Rider had told me about. It sounded too good to be true. I made up my mind to ask Son Bolo about it. He came from the room hidden behind the curtains first. He had traveled through New Orleans two years ago and couldn't exactly recall where everything was, but he did recall a large church somewhere downtown where the hungry were fed. We waited outside uh, for the night rider. He knew the name of the church and a shortcut to reach it. But for the moment, he wasn't interested in the free lunch from the church. He wanted a drink from the nearest liquor store. Son Bolo did not protest. We stopped at the first liquor store we saw. The Midnight Rider purchased two pints of the cheapest wine in the store. It was kept behind the counter on the bottom shelf. Then he went half on a six-pack of beer with Son Bolo, who made no further purchases and told the clerk to keep his half of the change. As soon as we were outside the store, the night rider was ready for a drink, but not in view of the pedestrians on the sidewalk. He ducked into an alley where, uh, after a few drops of wine were dashed on the ground, he guzzled a good portion of the wine down, then offered what remained in the bottle to us. We refused his offer, which he acknowledged with a saintly nod, then held the bottle up to his lips until the bottom was dry. We each drank a can of beer before it was decided that we would head over to the church for lunch. The night rider knew a shortcut through the park. He was jolly and joyful and seemed playful to the pedestrians we encountered on the sidewalk as we started towards the church. I felt lighthearted and good-spirited and in harmony with the moment. Son Bolo appeared agitated and intent to provoke violence upon innocent pedestrians. What are you looking at? He demanded of all in his sight as he took a can of beer from the bag he carried. He popped the top, then turned the can up to his lips. He paused, then looked from pedestrian to pedestrian as if he sought objections. The night rider warned him, warned him about the police. Son Bolo shouted, F the police, and turned up the can to his lips again. When he brought the can down, he threw it on the sidewalk and stomped it flat then repeated his shout about the police. We walked towards two homeless men. One pushed a shopping cart that seemed to hold all he owned, and the other had a knapsack scrapped on his back. City tramps, stared Son Bolo as the two men neared us on the sidewalk. Y'all ain't nothing but two sorry-ass city tramps. 
The two men reacted as if his words were not heard as they walked past us. The night rider led us to a park, a larger-than-life statue bearing the likeness of Louis Armstrong was erected in a cruel spot. The park brimmed with people and musicians who wandered throughout the park performing for tips and for applause. Son Bolo retained his hostility but seemed emboldened as the night rider led us to the park. He stopped and challenged any man who resembled a city tramp. Go get a job! He yelled obscenities at Japanese tourists who gathered at the statue of Louis Armstrong and snapped photographs. Some of the tourists smiled and snapped their cameras at Sun Bolo, and some bowed respectfully. Sun Bolo took another can of beer from the bag. He popped the top, then turned it up defiantly to his lips. Suddenly, I heard the night rider utter, Oh, shit. Like trouble was very near, I quickly looked ahead and amid the pro, uh, pedestrians on the sidewalk, I saw three policemen. Sun Bolo saw them too and seemed to sober instantly. He quickly hid the can in the bag and pushed the bag into my hand. I felt forced to carry it. My heart pounded as the policeman walked straight towards us and we towards them like our objective was a showdown. But the policeman continued past us like we didn't exist or else they had bigger fish to fry. We continued in silence. Sunbolo seemed to have exhausted his supply of profanity when he opened his mouth to speak. And the night rider seemed to experience a lapse in memory about the shortcut that led to the church. For help, he asked the man who fitted Sunbolo's description of a city tramp. Sunbolo listened without comment. The man knew exactly where the church was located. He was headed there himself. He knew a shortcut. I was absolutely impressed with the building. It was a huge Gothic cathedral. It looked hundreds of years old. I expected to hear prompt and circumstance as we were led to the place where the hungry were fed. However, when we reached the place, I saw what I had seen before and was well familiar with. A long line of people who waited to be fed a free lunch. The four of us joined the end of the line, which moved like a snail in the morning, but grew steadily longer behind us. It seemed we stood there for half an hour before the line moved an inch. The man who had guided us to the church and led us to the end of the line expressed his sentiment about the snail-like movement of the line. It's those damn mission workers. They let all, those, all their buddies cut the line. The church ought to have preachers up there instead of those guys. Well, one thing about it, said the night rider, if they don't run out of food, 
We all going to get something to eat. We ate our share and decided to walk to the SP yard instead of back to the catch-out camp on the other side of the bridge. Sanbolo knew where the catch-out camp was located. He said if we kept, close, kept a close watch, we would be able to spot the next westbound train. The night rider agreed with him, but wanted to stop at a liquor store first. He bought another bottle of cheap wine and took a swallow from the bottle every now and then as we walked towards the SP yard. The SP yard was closer, and as soon as we got there, I sat down in a shady spot and unrolled my gear. The night rider did the same. My belly was full, and after the long walk, I wanted to take a nap. I yawned and told Son Bolo and the night rider to wake me up when it was time to go. Son Bolo said we had a while, a while to wait to go on and nap because it would be dark before any train left the yard. I yawned again and stretched out in the late afternoon sun. The last thing I saw before I shut my eyes was the night rider who turned the bottle up to his lips like he intended to drain it dry. My eyes opened to darkness and the sound of a gruff voice that whispered close to my ear. Hey, Joe, Joe, man, wake up. I felt groggy and confused, but gradually recognized the gruff, muffled voice. I sat up quickly. Say, Bolo, yes, what's up? I see movement in the yard. Something is ready to roll. I'm going to go see which track. Be ready when I get back. Those words cut through my grogginess. This is it, I thought, and I snapped to attention, then immediately followed through and began to stuff my belongings into my knapsack. But during this activity, I suddenly thought of the night rider. He was stretched out asleep on the ground. I could hear him snore. What about the night rider? I asked and moved towards where he slept. Ah! That drunk is still drunk, said Son Bolo, like he was disgusted. I tried and tried, but I just couldn't wake his drunk ass up. We gonna leave him? Hell yeah! It's either that or Mr. Train, said Son Bolo like an ultimatum. You can wait, but I'm gonna catch out, and I bet I will be in Los Angeles when you get there. The name of the city, Los Angeles and the freedom I attached to it suddenly shook me to my senses. No, I'll be ready, I said quickly. Son Bolo seemed pleased with my reply as he hurried off. But as I stood there alone, the night rider's snore reached my ears and sparked a pang of guilt. It didn't seem right to leave him at least without an effort to wake him up on my part. I walked to where he lay. I called his name in a normal tone of voice, but he continued to snore. I decided to bend down and shake him awake. 
But the moment I did, he sprung up like a jack-in-the-box with a knife in his hand and the blade pointed at my throat. I jumped back in terror, but within seconds, his mind seemed as clear as a bell. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, he said. Joe, I didn't know it was you. I should have warned you guys that I was a light sleeper. He put the knife away and struggled up to his feet. I got that way in the wall. I was a Marine. I told him that Son Bolo had left to see what track the train was on. The night rider went over to his gear and unzipped a pocket. Damn, he said. I would have sworn I had a pack of cigarettes in here. As he tried another pocket with the same results, Son Bolo returned. Hey, Joe, come on, let's... His voice stopped as he saw the night rider, who smiled and asked for a cigarette. And thus, we have reached the end of our episode for this time. I invite everybody all around the world to join me next time for another reading of the word Escaping the Entanglements of Our Lives. This is Dolphus Q saying so long, everybody, all around the world.